0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well this week on this Thursday afternoon. And looking at the wide world of sports this week, pretty much going to be a football pod. Not a whole lot going on with the MLB season, obviously ending last week. We got free agency in full swing, though, so that's something to keep an eye on in the coming days. We also got the NBA season rolling along. Uh, Charles was just asking me about this uh, last week and said, it's about time to do another NBA pod, see where things are in the first month of the season. He's like, you know what? You're right about that. So hopefully me and him are going to get together here in the next week or so, maybe next week. And talk about our impressions of the first month of the NBA season. There's a whole lot to take in. Uh, It's only a month in, but there's still a whole lot to take in and notice about the, first month of this new season. So be on the lookout for that on the feed in the next week or so. So pretty much our pod this week is gonna be football, college football, NFL, that's rolling along. I'm going to try to see if I can get Matt to come on uh, at some point later on in the season, to kind of talk about the season as a whole, the playoffs, a little bit of fantasy football talk and. See if we can do that. See if we got the time to do that. But well, it's pretty much going to be a football show today with uh, the college football season, regular season, wrapping up here with us in the final couple weeks with a lot of big-time matchups this week, especially in the Pac-12, and you got some big-time matchups next week, including one in Columbus, Ohio, with Michigan and Ohio State. So it's going to be fun last two weeks of the regular season. And then we're all to the conference championships. And so those are going to be fun as well. NFL, we're still rolling along. We're about at the midway point or a little bit over the midway point. And a lot of things to take notice of as well with that. So it's mainly going to be a football show. If you haven't yet, check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at 573pods and the entertainment channel. There's a pod coming tomorrow. Talking about Wakanda forever uh, since that came out last week. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, talk about it in non-spoilery details, but also talk about it in spoiler details. Uh, in the group chat, I all I know is me and Rebecca are the only two that have seen it. Matt is still yet to see it. Peter, I don't know if he's going to see it, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Uh, it's just going to be me. We're going to talk about it in uh, in all of its details. And uh, including a couple things I found pretty interesting about the making of the movie and uh, what Ryan Coogler had to say about what the movie looked like before Chadwick Boseman sadly passed away and and see what uh, the original thought was for this movie. But that's going to be coming up tomorrow, but let's get on to this week's pod and uh, let's talk about what's going on in college football. Let's start off there first. And let's head on over to the games we picked last week and pretty decent week overall, six and four with a few uh, losses, including a couple in big in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, a uh, couple in the Big 12. So let's get right on into it. and let's start off with UCF, Tulane. This is a ranked matchup between two teams in the American Athletic Conference. And Tulane has had a surprisingly good season up to this point. Up to this point, they were 8-1, had not lost in in this conference. And UCF comes to town, and Gus Malzahn has got this team playing good. John Reese Pomley, the Ole Miss transfer, he has himself a ball game in, in this one. 17 to 30, 132 yards passing and a touchdown, but where he really did his damage was on the on the ground. 18 carries, 178 yards and two touchdowns. Tulane just could not contain him. The Green ray, Wave did not roll last week and they ended up losing 38 to 31 on their home turf. Uh, tried to make a comeback late in that fourth quarter and uh just could not get this game to overtime. And so now UCF looking really good atop the American Athletic Conference. So now they got the inside track if if you look at the standings to win this conference. So this was a big that was a big game for both those teams in that conference. So moving on to our two Big 12 games that we did. Kansas State at Baylor I decided to feel a little frisky and pick Baylor last week. Well, Baylor it was not a good week for the the Baylor Bears. 31-3 against Kansas State. Just couldn't do anything against this Wildcats team. Uh Will Howard who came in, who's come in from uh, from his backup position filling for Adrian Martinez. Uh, He keeps on doing pretty solid, 1927, 196 yards, and three passing touchdowns. And that Kansas State defense forced uh, Blake Shapin into a couple big-time turnovers. And Deuce Vaughn got over 100 yards on the ground. And Kansas State pretty much had this game won in that second quarter where they did their most damage, putting up 17 points in that second quarter. And uh, so, Kansas State, even though, despite the, them losing Adrian Martinez in the game, Will Howard comes in and does a phenomenal job and leads Kansas State to a 31-3 victory over Baylor, moving to 7-3 and three and 5-2 and two in the conference. And moving on to the next Big 12 game, TCU at Texas. This is one of the bigger ones of last week that we picked. And Texas was a small favorite in this game with game day there. You had a lot of anticipation about Texas and where they could go if they were to win this game. Well, if you liked if you like modern football, which is a lot of points scored, this was not the game for you. Uh, points came at a premium, uh, particularly for Texas. TCU's defense really did their job well. Quinn Ewers could not get going. Bajan Robinson could not get going as well. Uh, In fact, Bajan only had 29 yards on 12 carries. So he did not have himself a good day on the ground. Uh, TCU's offense, they struggled a little bit too, but they got points when they needed to with Miller and Dugan. Johnson came in and got a touchdown. So... Really, this was a defensive struggle. TCU went seventeen to ten. The only reason why Texas even has ten is because TCU messed up on on a plane and shotgun. Texas recovers the fumble, takes it to the house, and Texas suddenly has new life. But TCU is able to overcome that and finish this game and wins the Big Twelve title, gets a Big Twelve title berth. And uh, is going to be playing in that game, and we'll have to see who's going to be their opponent. With a lot of stuff still in play in the Big 12, but TCU they move on to 10 and 0 and win at Texas. So next game up, let's talk about a couple of SEC games. Let's you know, let's just knock out all the SEC games right here. First off, we're going to start with Georgia at Mississippi State. Let's go start Vegas real quick. Talk about this game, you know this one was a little bit closer in the er- in the early onset than I think a lot of us thought it would be now the final score was 45 to nineteen in favor of Georgia, but Mississippi State actually played pretty well all things considered if you look at the box score and it was seventeen to twelve at the end of the first half, so they were giving Georgia all they wanted in that first half. But that second half, Georgia became Georgia and scored 21 points in that second half. No, no, 28 points in that second half, scoring 14 po- points in both the third and the fourth and really solidifying their win over Mississippi State, 45-19. to 19. Give credit to Mississippi State. They hung around with the Bulldogs as long as they could. the the red Bulldogs instead of the maroon Bulldogs. But they hung around, but uh, just could not hang around long enough in that second half as Georgia ends up getting their 10th win of the victory. Ends up getting their 10th win of the season and moves to 7-0. They're on a collision course with the next team that we are going to be talking about, and that is LSU going to Arkansas. Now, this one was close, too. This one was a defensive struggle as well. With, uh, with looking at our games, we got a couple defensive struggles. I think we probably would have won a little bit more high octane offenses being participating in these games. But this is the way sometimes college football goes. You get some of these high octane matchups where a lot of, lots of points are scored, and then you get games that are just defensive struggles. And this one was a defensive struggle like TCU and Texas. With LSU going to Arkansas, with a shot at the big at the SEC West title on the line, and a chance to go to Atlanta and play for the SEC championship, and so they had a lot to play for in this game. Arkansas, no KJ Jefferson. Malik Hornsby starts for the Hogs. They put in Clay Ford later on in the game. And, again, this was a struggle for all teams considered. Arkansas had their chances. But props to LSU's defense for coming to play and making some big-time plays and big-time moments when they needed to. And particularly the freshman, Harold Perkins, This guy looked unblockable on Saturday. He looked unblockable. And the thing about it, he's really coming to his own in the last few weeks. Really wasn't getting a whole lot of time early on, but found himself in the rotation. And now, looks like one of the big-time stars of this defense. And let me try to go find if I can, if the box score has his stats here. Because he was playing on a whole other level in, a, in this game. Which, he had four sacks. And he had a couple turnovers for us as well. But, man... This guy was playing like, like a monster unleashed in Fayetteville. Just could not block him. And that's a good sign for LSU that you got somebody else. You know, you got B.J. Ojalary, who's probably head to the NFL next year. And now you got this guy ready to step in and be that leader on that defense and really just playing at a high, impactful level. And uh, that's what they need him to do in this game if you got a defensive struggle you're going to need your stars on defense to make plays and help make the difference and that's what they did so lsu they win 13 to 10 and they're going to the sec championship really weird to say if you thought about their loss at the beginning of the season with Florida state who is ranked in the top 25 now if you think about it at the at the start of the season we were laughing and kind of making fun of them and like LSU and all this stuff, but they have slowly grown into a really good football team. And here they are in Brian Kelly's first year and they are in the SEC championship. So props to them for getting to where they are now from all the way in late August, early September. It hasn't been easy for them. If you, I mean, if you look at it, they, they, Lost to Florida State. They had that big-time loss at home against Tennessee. But they've recovered nicely after those losses and really have made themselves a player in the college football playoff. And uh, I don't think we would have thought that at the beginning of the season. But here they are. Uh, Moving on to the next SEC game, Alabama at Ole Miss. And Alabama did win, but it didn't matter for them. The SEC West was already decided. And uh they were done. Alabama's not gonna win the SEC West. Gonna it's always weird when they don't do it. Of course, I mean the last time that it's happened in recent memory was LSU back in 2019. Um, but it really is weird to have that sentence be said that Alabama's not going to the SEC Championship game and not win the SEC West. It's really weird. Because they've done it so much. That's been the standard at that program. But they come into this game against Ole Miss. And it would have been really weird to see Alabama with three losses on their schedule. And so we don't have to think about that for the moment. Now, they still got Auburn. And you know the Iron Bowl can get really freaking weird. Uh, You know, flashback to the kick six. You know, include that into. Into your flashbacks, but yeah, Alabama—they go on the road to Oxford, win thirty to twenty-four against Ole Miss, and really step up in the, in that second half where uh, they were down going into the second half. They were down seventeen to fourteen, and get a couple big-time plays. Bryce Young made a couple spectacular plays, acting like a magician. That's what he's been known to do. And Alabama got a couple big-time stops late and turned over Ole Miss. And Alabama moves to 8-2 as uh, they hand the Rebels their second loss of the season. So both those teams are now out of the championship race. Ole Miss did have a shot. Alabama had a, a shot, but it included a lot of different things. They're not going to the SEC title game. So now that matchup is set. It is LSU going to face Georgia. Technically a home game for the Bulldogs. But nonetheless, it's for the SEC title. So that's going to be on the line in a few weeks. And then the final game of the SEC that we'll talk about here is Missouri at Tennessee. I think I put the Washington and Oregon game on here twice. So this one was a late-ass, like, screw it. Let's just add Missouri and Tennessee, and let's see what happens. It's senior day for Tennessee, so they should roll. Well, not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corso would say. Uh, Missouri came for a battle early on and was giving Tennessee all they could ask for in that first half and even a little bit in the second half where they they got down to 28-24. to And then Tennessee just scores, (laughs) what what was it, 38 unanswered points after that. With Tennessee winning 66-24, Hendon Hooker, uh, 25-35, 355 through the air. Had over 100 yards on the ground. uh, And had three rushing touchdowns. He won over 100 yards, but was close to it. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, another good day for him. And uh, also Joe Milton comes in and uh, guys, I'm going to be unbearable about the Milton hype next year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. Uh, Just seeing him in the pocket, throw a ball 60 yards in the air like it's nothing. uh, we'll, We'll do that to a person. And there is a lot of talk about, you know, should Tennessee have taken the kneel down? at the end of the game well there's a couple other situations that were like that where a couple teams like usc and ohio state you know they scored a little bit later on ohio state situation is different with uh cameron babb getting a touchdown a little bit later on because guy's been injury prone his whole career at ohio state said trouble getting on the field so that was meaningful to him but listen i have no problem if you're trying to impress the committee if you're trying to impress them with style points that's the way that you're going to do it but uh tennessee Goes undefeated at Nalen for the first time since 2007. And uh, they win on Senior Day. So that's the most important, getting the win on Senior Day. So moving on from the SEC, let's talk about, where do we want to go? Let's go with the Big Ten here real quick. And let's talk about Maryland at Penn State with uh, team here. And Penn State, they get the win here. And you know, Penn State, you know, they they're they've been an interesting team to watch, or maybe that's for lack of a better term, and Peter is probably listening to this and I'm like, interesting? What are you talking about? I mean, if you look at their situation, they got a couple of really good freshman running backs, and their quarterback situation is interesting as well. And you're probably gonna be starting one of those quarterbacks that's filled in for Sean Clifford this year, probably Drew Aller uh the freshman quarterback and so penn state they got some nice pieces to deal with next season with a new quarterback behind center and you got a couple stud freshman running backs are gonna have that experience under the belt gonna be sophomores next year and you're gonna have a really good tandem maybe the best tandem in the big 10 at running back so there's a lot to like about penn state going to next season but so far they're eight and two they are not in play for anything here. And honestly, if you had the 12-team playoff, you could probably say they would be in play for a lot of different things here. You could say that about a lot of these matchups heading into the last couple of weeks. There's a 12-team playoff. There'd be so many things on the line. But they get the win over Maryland, get their eighth win of the season. So that's where Peter's team uh, ends up. So now let's move on and let's talk about the talk about the ACC and uh, let's finish off with uh, maybe the best game of the week. And uh, let's go to North Carolina and talk about the Tar Heels taking on the Demon Deacons. Uh, Drake
1: Bay. Who's a red shirt freshman. Uh,
0: if he is not a Heisman favorite this year, he is going to be. Heavily betted on to go and win it next year. With the season he's having, uh, the guy is putting up an astounding year in this game alone 31 to 49, 448 yards, and three touchdowns. Also, led his team in rushing with uh, 71 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. So, he's doing it on the ground and through the air. And so, if you're North Carolina, you're thinking it's going to be tough to replace Sam Howell. And here comes this redshirt freshman out of nowhere and is just lighting up the box score and the scoreboard. If you look at his stats, done for nearly 3,500 yards, 34 touchdowns, and three interceptions. We still got two games to go, everybody. <laughs> we still got a couple games to go. With uh, Let's take a look at who North Carolina has next. I mean, of course... They got a, their matchup with NC State later on in a couple weeks, and then they got they got Georgia Tech this weekend. So they got two home games, and uh, including later on, they got the ACC championship in a couple weeks with them taking on Clemson. So still so has a lot of chances to boost those stats up. He's probably going to end up throwing for forty touchdowns next this this season, but. Man, let me tell you, if there's a guy to be favorited for the Heisman next year, it's it's going to be him. He's going to be at the top of the list, I think. It's going to be him, Caleb Williams. You know, Quint Ewers, if he can get his stuff together, the TCU game is not who he is, then he could probably be one. But uh, North Carolina, they get the win against the Demon Deacons, 36-34, to 34. really fun, close game there in the ACC and then finally let's talk about the Pac-12 Oregon at Washington. These two teams hate each other in the in that North Division in the Pac-12. They they hate each other. And so this is a game that is going to be big time for them, not only a rivalry game, but also a game that has playoff implications, particularly for Oregon who's ranked 6th last week in the new rankings. And what we got was one probably the best game of the week by far, with uh, these two teams going back and forth. And I remember watching it, thinking, whoever's going to have the ball last is going to win this game. And I kind of looked back at Tennessee's and, and Tennessee and Alabama playing, it was like, whoever gets this ball last is going to go down score and win this game. So it's a battle for who's going to have the ball last. And let me tell you, we got something really incredible here in this one. And looking at this game, you're thinking, oh, wait, Oregon's going to find a way to come. Is going to find a way to win? It looks like they're going to win. And Washington ties this game up late. And they get a huge stop on fourth down. No Bo Nicks. Bo Nicks is a little bit banged up. And they get a stop on fourth down in their own territory. And so that got Washington a chance to kick a field goal, to go up three. They do it. 37-34. to 34. Oregon still has time to go down and tie this game up. But it doesn't happen. Washington gets the thrilling win, 37-34. to 34. Bo Nicks looked really good. Michael Penix Jr. looked incredible. He did throw a really baffling interception. I don't know if I had been that baffled by an interception since uh since Garantano. Um since he, he was the quarterback at uh at UT. Uh just a really weird interception. But uh it doesn't hurt him. It doesn't hurt them. Washington ends up winning this game, wins thirty-seven to thirty-four. And for Caleb DeBoer, who's come, who came from Fresno State and has got this team to this point, you know, round of applause for him for what he's done with this Washington program in year one, mind you. I really got them looking good. So Washington gets the win here, and this battle of heated rivals and really dashes the Ducks' opportunities at the playoffs. It really kind of opens the door for USC. And speaking of USC, they got a big-time matchup this weekend. So perfect timing for the Trojans. But that is week 11. I think the only other matchup I want to talk about here real quick is Kentucky and Vanderbilt. What in the world, Kentucky? Won the world. Uh, seriously, though, props of Vanderbilt. Had not won an SEC game since 2019. It's pre-COVID times. So it had been a super long time. You're talking about what? 1920, 21? You're talking about a, a senior class here that had not won an SEC game in three years. In over three years. And so they and they go on the road at Lexington and they get the big time win. And so, you know, props to Vanderbilt. I know Tennessee's probably going to kill you guys in about a week or so. But, uh, you know, props to them for going to Kentucky and for Kentucky. It's just, I mean, you, the season started off so promising. And you're now in this spot. And, oh, by the way, <laughs> you got to face Georgia this week. It's at home, but you've got to face Georgia this week. So it's just really bad timing for them. And Will Levis just did not look good at all in uh, in that game last week. But that's week 11, everybody. So let's move on. Let's talk about the rankings real quick. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of change, especially in the top six. I know that's what we're all looking at because we're looking at these top six, seven teams. And like, okay, these are teams we're going to have to keep an eye on and see what happens in these final couple weeks. And nothing really changed between the top five. There was a little bit of difference in the sixth and seventh spot. But uh, to get through these rankings, let's go from bottom and work our way up. Cincinnati gets in at 25. NC State goes to 24. Oregon and Oklahoma State weren't ranked the week four. They're at 23 and 22. Tulane falls at 21. UCF goes to 20. Florida State. Talking about them earlier, they move up four spots and they're ranked 19th, so they're a top 20 team. Notre Dame, props to Marcus Freeman for getting the ship back on the right track and getting Notre Dame at seven and three. They're sitting there at 18. Washington goes all the way up to 17, goes up eight spots. UCLA, losing to Arizona, falls to 16. Kansas State moves to 15, Ole Miss 14, North Carolina 13. Oregon drops six spots to 12. Penn State goes to 11. Utah to number three, which sets up a top 12 matchup between Utah and Oregon this weekend at Oregon. Clemson goes to nine, Alabama eight. USC, the benefactor of Oregon losing, goes to seven. And LSU, another benefactor of that, goes to number six, and it's looking really good. And the top five, didn't change it change all. Tennessee, five. TCU, four. Michigan, three. Ohio State, two. And Georgia, one. So that's your rankings this weekend. Again, not a whole lot of change in the top five, but uh, we're keeping an eye on LSU, particularly with that SEC title game coming in the next couple of weeks. So that's something to keep an eye on. Also, USC, they got their big-time matchup with UCLA. They got another matchup with Notre Dame coming up soon. So that's going to be interesting. And Utah and Oregon, they still got their stuff going on. And we'll see if UCLA can you know, can make things a little bit more interesting with uh, the Pac-12. But those are your rankings for this week. Yeah, not a whole lot of change. Couple big movers, you know, looking at Washington and uh looking at Florida State. And you had a couple people that dropped big time spots, NC State, Oregon, but uh not a whole lot of change. A lot of teams moving up a spot, moving up two or three, but not a whole lot of change there. But those are your rankings for this week. And that sets the stage for week number twelve. And we are going to start in the Big Ten with Illinois going to Michigan. Uh, Illinois, losing last weekend to Purdue, opened the door for Purdue to find themselves as the representative for, for the Big Ten West. And the Big Ten West is, to put it in, a, in a, the simplest of terms, a mess. There's so many scenarios, a lot of teams have roads to go to indianapolis in a couple weeks and so things are not over yet in the big 10 west just like how things aren't over in the big 10 east you know who's going to participate out there but you just don't know who it's going to be if it's going to be michigan or ohio state and for this week for michigan this game is all about them trying not to stumble the week before Ohio State. Illinois is a really good, solid, and tough football team. Brent Bielema has done a phenomenal job with them and has really got them to buy into what they got going on over there. So you know just by watching this game with how these two teams have played this year, it's going to be a tough game physical brand of football. And it's going to include a whole lot of running from the running backs. And those are the stars. Chase Brown of Illinois, you hope that he's all right and good to go this week. And you got two backs in Michigan with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, who's a Heisman contender. One thing Michigan has done, though, is they've leaned on Quorum to get them to where they want to go. I do think you probably need to expand the passing game with McCarthy a little bit more. And it's going to be a good test. Illinois is a good pass defense. They don't, there's a lot of tight windows and coverage that, that that you could throw into, but it, could, it might not pan down. So it could be a good test for McCarthy to try to get him throwing the ball a little bit more. But yeah, this game is going to be a tough physical brand of football between these two teams. I am taking Michigan. I don't think they stumble. I think they know what's at stake next week. So I'm going to take the Wolverines to beat Illinois. And I think Michigan, they're not quite a three touchdown favorite, but they're pretty close. But I will take the Wolverines as the stage gets set for next week in Columbus. Speaking of Columbus, Ohio State at Maryland. Let's go ahead and get the Big Ten done. They're going to Maryland this week. Maryland 6-4, sitting at 4-3. This one should be easy for Ohio State, but that running game, they've just been so banged up. And Even when they've not been banged up, it's been tough to get anything done. Mayan Williams had a good game against Indiana last week, but he got banged up, and so you hope he's good to go
1: this week. Trayvon Henderson has been hurt.
0: So the Ohio State running game has been a big factor in watching how they play, and that's going to be a big factor in this game next week. They get the win against Maryland, and there, that sets the stage for this matchup next weekend. That's going to be incredible and is going to determine a whole lot. If you're a Tennessee fan, if you're a TCU fan, you're going to want your eyes on this game because this could determine a whole lot if this game is going to be close, if it's going to be a blowout, and who's going to be coming out victorious? Who's going to be coming out on the winning side? But also, who's going to be coming out the losing side, and are they going to get a beat down?
1: So, I'm going with Ohio State here
0: to win this game and Officially set the stage for the Buckeyes and the Wolverines next week. So let's go to the let's go to the Big Twelve here for a quick second. TCU at Baylor. TCU is a small favorite against Baylor. Does Vegas know anything more than us
1: for for this scenario? Because it's curious. Why
0: is TCU a two-point favorite against Baylor, a team that just got, like we said, smacked around by Kansas
1: State last week.
0: I think TCU does win this game. I also think TCU recognizes the importance of winning all their games because of, if, if they don't, that really opens the door for a USC team. That really opens the door for Tennessee and for LSU. Maybe that reopens the door a little bit, cracks it open a little bit for the ACC with Clemson. So I think they recognize the importance of winning all their games. And I think they're going to win this one, even though they are a small favorite. Not only a two and a half point favorite on the road against Baylor. So, you, wonder, you do wonder if Vegas knows something we don't, but I think TCU, they've come so far, they know it's at stake, and I'll take them to win this game against Baylor. So, speaking of the AC, uh, hold on, we got another Big 12 matchup, just realized that, uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, uh, not a game of big time importance this year which is weird to say about Bedlam. It's really weird to say because usually when these two teams meet up, there's a lot of anticipation for it. But this year just kind of feels like, okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, this game is at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is sitting at five and five. Uh, Oklahoma State still doing pretty good. At 22, seven and three. And believe it or not, Oklahoma is favored in this game. And if Oklahoma wins this game, they they get bowl eligibility, they get there. If not, if they don't win this game, they got to worry about it next week. And who do they got next week? They got Texas Tech and they got Texas Tech on the road. So that could be something to watch with uh, with those programs. But I think for this one, I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma State and uh, go against what Vegas has going on here with the odds. And I feel more confident about picking Oklahoma State, even if, you know, I, I don't know about the health of Spencer Sanders, if he's playing at the moment. But I feel more comfortable taking the Cowboys after what I've seen from the Sooners this year. So now going to the ACC, uh, Miami and Clemson. I think this one is pretty straightforward for me. I think I will take Clemson. Uh, you know, Miami team came in with a lot of hype this year with Mario Cristobal, and they're sitting here at five and five and fighting for bowl eligibility in his first season. But uh, I think
1: Clemson is too much for the Hurricanes. So I'll take the
0: Tigers here. So now let's head on over to the SEC real quick, and we'll wrap up with the Pac-12 games because those are the probably the two biggest games of the week. Uh, let's go to Lexington. Let's talk about Georgia and Kentucky. It would be very Kentucky-like for them to find a way to somehow upset Georgia. But, but the way this team is playing right now, with how they played against Vanderbilt, with how underwhelming Levis has been in some of these games here lately, I don't think there's too much of a chance here. I think Georgia rolls. They move on to 11-0, and and let's be honest, they're going to move to 12-0 and next week after they beat Georgia Tech. But uh, Georgia, they're going to win this game. So Kentucky, they're going to fall to 6-5 and five if, I, if they lose this game. And they got the final matchup against Louisville in the regular season next week. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Tennessee at South Carolina. A late game in Columbia, South Carolina. And you know Carolina. They're gonna to try to want to get the crowd pumped up for this one because this to be a big, this this is a big time game for them. Even though they just got hammered by Florida last week, like big time. And looking at their schedule, they got Tennessee this week, and then they got Clemson next week. And so, what looked like a promising six and three start in Beamer's second year, it could end up being a six and six season when all is said and
1: done. And Tennessee, I think ever since the Georgia loss a week, a couple weeks ago, they've
0: wanted to get things back on track, show everybody, hey, that's not who we are. The game was against Mizzou, Bama, Kentucky, Florida. That's who we are. We're not what you saw against Georgia. That's not who we are. This is what we are. So I think they're going to be looking to make a statement and that's one Jalen Hyatt coming back home to South Carolina, wasn't recruited by South Carolina. So you have to wonder, you know, how much of a big game is he going to have? It's not if he's going to have a big game, I think. It's how much of a big game is he going to have? So I got Tennessee rolling in this game. And uh, I'll take them. And they're also breaking out the orange helmets in this one. I guess they're going to try to make South Carolina think they're playing Clemson uh, the week before and throw their schedule off a little bit. But uh, I got UT there. Ole Miss at Arkansas. Really depends a whole lot for this quarterback situation for Arkansas. Is KJ Jefferson going to play? I feel comfortable taking Ole Miss here. Going to Fayetteville. I do think Arkansas will keep this one close. I think Arkansas is going to make this a close, fun game. And then Ole Miss will pull away a little bit later on. And then finally, let's talk about our two big games of the weekend. And let's go to the Pac-12 for those two. USC at UCLA. Big-time matchup between these teams in California at the Rose Bowl. What else do you want? Chance for the
1: playoffs on the line here. And UCLA has a chance to
0: spoil USC's time in the spotlight. So it is pretty much everything you could possibly want, I think, out of this matchup with these two teams in LA. So this is going to be a fun one. Uh, UCLA, really strong running game against a... USC defense that is not all that great. It's not all that great. But also, if you take a look at UCLA's defense, they've had tough times containing mobile quarterbacks. Well, Caleb Williams can get out there and run a little bit. So that could be a factor. It's going to hurt for USC. No Travis Dye. He's done for the year after getting injured last week. So you hate that because you're going to have to find some other guys to step up in that backfield. and uh. I mean, I guess what better way to do it than, I guess, in a big-time game? To, like, all right, guys, you ready to go? Yeah, we're going to go to UCLA for a ranked game here. you are going to get your carries here. But uh, this one is going to be a fun matchup here between these two offenses. I think the MO of this game is going to be points, points, points. You know, if you look at the over-under, it's 76. I might go over on that. I might go over on that. I could see this being a game that's in the 40s for both these teams and could could be, be decided
1: that way. And let me tell you what.
0: USC, I do get the feeling USC at some point is going to drop one of these games. Either they're going to lose this game or they're going to win this game. And with Notre Dame, coming to town next week they could lose that one because we saw what notre dame did to a ranked clemson team we saw what notre dame did to north carolina at their place they've taken down the top two teams in the acc so who's to say they can't knock off one of the top teams in the pac-12 so i think eventually with one of these two games i think usc is going to lose one of them but I think I'll take the I'll I'll take the easy route and I'll say UCLA wins this week. I do think USC beats Notre Dame, so that's a little bit of a, a preview for next week. But I'll have UCLA win this week, and I and I think UC, USC beats Notre Dame. But at UCLA, for Chip Kelly, for what they've done, a lot of experience. I think they somehow find a way to be able to contain Caleb Williams and be able to win this game and dash USC's title hopes and. And effectively, dash the Pac-12's title um, playoff hopes and uh, is trying to find a way to get a team in there. So I think that happens. Then Utah and Oregon, number 10 versus number 12. This one could be big uh, with whoever makes the Pac-12 title game with, uh, of course, no division. So whoever's in the top two teams on top, they'll get in. So there could be a lot to play for here in this game. Uh, Oregon, you get a home game after losing one at Washington against a Utah team that beat Oregon twice last year, but <laughs> they didn't beat Oregon when they had Bo Nix. Uh, so I'll take Oregon here to get get some much needed revenge over Utah and uh, exercise some demons from the. Last couple games that they've played against the Utes. So I'll take the Ducks here. So that is college football in the books, everybody. That's week 12. And before we go to the NFL, on a much sadder note, of course, I, I assume everybody's heard what's been happening over with Virginia with that situation such a tragic situation. Um, I mean, the first thought you don't you don't want to think about is, like, are the games going to be played? But, of course, their game is canceled against Coastal Carolina this weekend, and that's probably the right move. And we'll have to see if their game against Virginia Tech next week is canceled. But Virginia Tech, they do got some experience, unfortunately, in stuff like this going on around their area. So we'll have to see. And all honesty, I probably wouldn't put it past Virginia if they canceled the rest of the season. They're, Three and seven. What else are you going to get out of it, unless you can find a way to do something for fundraising or something like that to help the families out with the Virginia Virginia Tech game and uh, do something like that? But uh, it's just a it's just an awful situation. Just an awful situation. Um, I believe uh, one of the kids, Devin Chandler, was from the Memphis area, played at Arlington, so. That's a little bit close right there from to where I am, but it's a it's a tragic situation, just all around tragic situation going on around there. So thoughts are with really the families, friends and the whole university over there with uh with what they're going through, can't imagine. So with no other better transition to go through, let's talk about the NFL. And uh let's talk about some of the games that happened this week. And let's go to the Thursday night game and let's talk about Falcons Panthers rematch of two teams that played each other a couple weeks prior.
1: And in this game, I
0: went with the Falcons here. And Really like how the rest of the schedule went for these picks. Uh, it didn't go well, but um, Falcons played the Panthers this week, and they come up just short of uh, trying to make things interesting in, late in this game, and they lose to the Panthers twenty-five to fifteen. Deontay Foreman had himself a day. 130 yards rushing along with a touchdown on 31 carries was the workhorse in this game. And really carried this Panthers team to a victory here as they beat the Falcons. And the Panthers are somehow still in this race for for the NFC South. Just like all these teams, it's, uh, it's a wild thought to look at this division and think about the Panthers having a shot at winning this division. When, you know, we've been thinking since they fired Matt Rule that they are going to be in a position where they are going to not win a whole lot of games, not try to win a whole lot of games, and look to next year and try to build towards that. So next game up, we're going to Germany, everybody. Going to Munich, to be exact, and we got Seattle and Tampa Bay, and what a good environment for this game, what an awesome environment this was, just seeing the crowds, seeing Sweet Caroline, Old Country Road, Uh, it's really exciting to have this game be in Germany and supposedly they're looking at other spots like France and Spain for other matchups, so these games are fun, these games are really fun, you've seen the games in London, how well they do, with the crowd there. And so they go over to Germany and they got a really good crowd that came out for that game. So it was a really fun environment, really fun atmosphere. And even Tom said so. And you know, Tom who's seen everything in 23 years of playing football, he says something like that, something close to that. And I mean, you know, you got something going. But uh, for this game, for the game as a whole, uh, Tampa wins 21 to 16. And held off a late comeback from the Seahawks where the Seahawks were trying to come back. They scored 13 points in that fourth quarter, but Seattle could not do enough. Uh, Tom had some good moments in this one. One not so good, or maybe good. Uh, He stopped a pick six from happening, but the man was split out wide as a receiver. so. There's the bad, but he did stop a pick six, so, that, I mean, that's good. Rashad White, the rookie running back, did good for the Bucks: 106 yards, 22 carries. Geno, pretty solid day at the office, but was not enough. So Seattle drops this one, and Tampa finds himself on a two-game win streak and finds himself up top of the NFC North, or NFC South, rather. North's a whole other story, but Bucks are here on top of the South. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about them at 3-5 and in their position. And uh, now here they are at 500. So moving on from Germany, let's head on back to the States and let's talk about Vikings and Bills. And, you know, this one, my goodness, this was
1: the game of the week by far, maybe the game of the year so far
0: through the first 10 weeks. And I'm not just saying that just because Justin Jefferson had had a day on my fantasy team. Uh, This guy played out of his mind. Really, everybody on on these teams played out of their mind. Stephon Diggs, his catch got overshadowed by the Justin Jefferson catch, which, you know, there's debates about about what was a better catch, this one or the Odell catch. I don't know. I mean, listen, both of them were spectacular. Jefferson's might have been more impressive considering the circumstances. Considering he yeah, had defenders all over him, it was fourth and eighteen, and the the Vikings
1: needed it; otherwise, they were going to lose the game.
0: So it, it might be the best catch, but uh, I mean, this game was just so much fun. Um, those last few minutes were, <laughs> were probably, to be honest, uh. More fun than any Titan game I've probably seen all season. <laughs> uh, and that's me being completely honest about what my team is now, even though they're six and three, and even though we're going to get some later. It's just like it's not a good six and three. <laughs> they're six and three, but it's yeah. But uh, these final few minutes of this game were absolutely nuts, and included the Vikings. Mounting a comeback here to find a way to get this game into overtime, including something so crazy. So the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, they get stomped on fourth down. The Bills have it on about their one-yard line, maybe not even that. Try to QB sneak it. Josh Allen fumbles and Minnesota recovers to go and get this game in their favor. Of course Buffalo goes and ties it up later on. But you're thinking this game is nuts and you got the catch and all this involved and Josh Allen just throws a couple bad interceptions in this one including one that really kind of did the deed right there at the end. They got Minnesota the win 33 to 30. And The Bills here have lost two in a row, and they're sitting at six and three with Miami looking good, Jets looking good. Oh yeah, the Patriots aren't looking too bad. So now the AFC West is really interesting with the Bills losing these last two games. And you really start to wonder what's going on here, if anything, you know, is Josh Allen trying too much? That may be the case. Uh, but I think you also gotta give your props to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, even though he had a couple of interceptions as well, he played out of his mind. And he did all he could. I mean I mean, he did have a baffling interception as well, going back to Penix Jr. Those two probably had two of the more baffling interceptions I've seen in a long time. Kirk just threw it to the Bills DB. <laughs> like he was his own dude. Um but give your props to the Vikings. They came out and played in a tough environment, and they came out victorious. And they're on top at 8-1. And, and would you look at that? Look at them in, on top of the NFC with the Eagles losing. Of course, we'll get to that one here in a minute. But this was a fun one. This one was definitely game of the year right here. So moving on, speaking of the Titans, uh, another ugly win. <laughs> Five Titans defenders out. A few more goes out during the game, so you got a lot of backups. But I'll tell you what, I don't know how they keep on doing it. But the lack of offense, you get Westbrook Akina on a flea flicker that goes for a touchdown. Like okay, um, and the Titans defense. I I will give props to the defense. The defense has been playing really good football, even with the, a lot of guys out. But the Jeff Simmons. Uh, no Fulton last week, so they've got guys nicked up everywhere at each position, and they keep on coming out and doing really well and getting a lot of pressures with a lot of guys that aren't named Dupree, Simmons, or Autry. So you got to on the props, and they did that against the Broncos and went 17-10 and forced a Russell Wilson interception late in that game. So the Titans, they are an ugly 6-3. Um, I'd much rather be the Bills 6-3 right now than the Titans 6-3. That's just me. Uh, but there they are, 6-3. One of the Titans' previous opponents, the Chiefs, taking on the Jaguars. You no, know, Doug Peterson comes out swinging late, goes for the onside kick early on, and doesn't do anything with it. And the Chiefs with Kadarius Toney, Really getting a lot of time in this one. His impact is felt, and he looks like he's a great addition for this Kansas City offense. Gets himself his first career touchdown in this game. Made a couple other really impressive plays. And so you're really starting to be excited about him, I think, if you're a Chiefs fan. And what he could be in this offense. You add him with Kelsey, with Juju, and what they're able to bring, Nicole Hardman. And you're really excited. So the Chiefs, they went 27 to 17. Trevor Lawrence didn't look too bad. Hands up a pretty decent day. Mahomes does his usual thing. Uh, Pacheco, the running back for the Chiefs, might have just supplanted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't know if uh, Clyde is going to get a whole lot of carries here. He didn't get any, really, last week, but that's something to keep an eye on. But Kansas City gets the win there. And uh, they remain on top of the AFC West. Texans and Giants. Uh, Giants win this one. And uh, they're looking really good. And really, the Eagles loss might have benefited them too, considering where uh, things are going in that division. And they went twenty-four to sixteen. It wasn't pretty. The Texans had their opportunities, but uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley led the way here. With Saquon going for over 150 on the ground. And just having himself a day. And Daniel Jones, no turnovers in this game. Pretty efficient. couple touchdown passes. So that's all I think you can ask for, ask for Danny Dimes, is to have a day like uh, he did on Sunday. But the Giants, they move on to 7-2 and, and take down the Texans.
1: So now let's move on to...
0: Colts at Raiders, and the talk surrounding this game is, of course, around Jeff Saraday and him being hired, and we talked a little bit about it last week and, like, should he have been hired or what was Jim Mercey thinking?
1: Um, Colts go in there and get the win.
0: (laughs) Go figure. You get all this talk about, oh, what are the Colts thinking about? They go in there and get the win and get the job done.
1: I mean, give him, give him some credit here. I mean, they
0: they did pretty well. Matt Ryan, they bring him back. Does okay. Jonathan Taylor's back. He has himself a ball game. He nearly goes for 150 yards on the ground. And uh, I don't know if you're the Raiders. I don't know what else you can do. You're 2-7. and seven, And can you really let go of Josh McDaniels? I think you're in a tough position here where like, I don't think you can do anything. You got a whole lot of money tied up in the helm. And if you go out and hire another coach, you're going to be doing the same thing. So they're in a really tricky spot here uh, at two and seven. But uh, the Colts, props to them and props to Jeff Saturday for coming in and <laughs> doing what I think a lot of people thought uh, thought was impossible. Coming in, Kind of off the streets and coaching an NFL team and winning, and winning this game twenty-five to twenty. So I guess technically they're not out of it for the AFC South race, even though the Titans did beat them twice. But is anything still so possible? We still got a lot of football left to be played here in this season. Next up, we got Cowboys at Packers. Oh, boy, this one was a fun one.
1: And unexpectedly, the Packers of old kind of showed up in this game.
0: And it really looked like the team that you're used to seeing with Green Bay. Uh, rushing attack looked good with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Rodgers only threw 20 attempts.
1: That's not a whole lot. But on those
0: 20 attempts, he threw three, three touchdowns out of them. And uh, three of them went to Christian Watson. All three of them did, which uh, he probably really needed this boost. Uh, Dobbs, is, out of the two rookies, Dobbs has been getting more of the notoriety. And Watson has been banged up. He's had a couple inopportune plays. And this one, he comes out and fires on all cylinders, four catches, three touchdowns, 107 yards. So congratulations to him for seemingly finding a way to bounce back here. And Dallas, Dallas' defense kind of lets them down here. That's been the key for them is their defense has
1: been really awesome. And this game it kind of didn't do anything for them. And,
0: you know, Green Bay, they're down 14. Heading into the fourth, it's 28-14 to 14 in favor of Dallas. you are thinking, okay, well, I think this is probably it. Green Bay is able to exploit Dallas's offense, gets 14 points, and we're off to overtime. And Dak had a couple of really untimely interceptions. There's a couple of untimely calls, and, of course, that fourth down call, which, I mean, listen, it. I, I probably would have gone for it too. I probably would have gone for it too. So no blame there on Mike McCarthy. But um I'm maybe if you run the ball on third down, maybe that helps a little bit. But the Packers, they win 31 the to 24. Could this could we look back at this and say this might have saved their season? Maybe so. But uh this one is was big for them and for the Cowboys, they fall 6-3, and three. and again, you look at what happened with the Eagles, you could have capitalized on that, but uh, now they're sitting behind the Giants in third place in the F.C. East. So now let's talk about the two primetime games, 49ers taking on the Chargers, and the 49ers end up winning this game 22-16. Uh, Elijah Mitchell back for the 49ers. 49ers got a lot of guys back for this one, including Mitchell. But 49ers, they get the win here 22 16. They move to 5 4. Chargers fall to 5 4. Not a good game from the Chargers crew. I mean, they're without their top two receivers, they're without a lot of guys. They're probably, they're one of these teams that hopes to get healthy like the 49ers that have gotten in the last week or so. But 49ers, they get the win here. And they're looking at the top of this division. Rams aren't doing good. Cooper Cup might be out for a few weeks. Arizona isn't looking all that great. Seattle, they just lost the Tampa, so they're six and four. So 49ers can find their way into the top of this division. And then the final one, the Monday night game in Philadelphia. We've talked a little bit about this one. Just Washington's defense made a lot of plays in key time moments, forced some turnovers, got a pick off of Jalen Hurts, forced a fumble off Goder, which probably should have been called a face mask to begin with, but we're not getting into that. And Brian Robinson has himself a pretty solid day. And Taylor Heineke goes into Washington and wins this one. Uh, they are a different team when Heineke is behind center. And that's regardless of who was the starter before, whether it was Wentz or whether it was somebody else. They are a different team when Heineke is out to lead them. And they were that this weekend. um, 32-21 at Philly. You know, Philly did have a shot to go in and try to win this game late, but a costly penalty there at the end really turns the tide and really solidified the win for Washington. So they and the Eagles, their first loss of the season, thirty-two to twenty-one, and that's where we sit, everybody, in week number ten, and uh. Just not a good week as far as picks. Going four and six, so try to bounce back this week. With week 11, with the Thursday night game tonight, Titans at Packers.
1: Really kind of a tough game for me to pick. Again, we talked about
0: the Packers maybe saving their season against the Cowboys. And for the Titans, you know, what happens on a short week? What happens for both these teams on a short week? Can the Packers capitalize and get two wins this week? and the Titans get a little bit more healthy and get some key guys back for a matchup at Lambeau. So that'll be a key thing to watch. And I'm going to look and see if there's any update on the Titans injury re- report and see if guys like Simmons or Fulton or any of those guys are going to be good to go. It does sound like Bud Dupree, Monty Hooker, Ben Jones, they're going to be out. Randy Bullock's going to be out, so Josh Lambeau comes in. (laughs) So Lambeau's going to be kicking at Lambeau uh, tonight. Uh, Packers are favored by three. I got to imagine that's because home field advantage. I'll take Tennessee, but I don't feel great about it. I feel like this could be another ugly game. So I'm sorry in advance if this is an ugly Thursday night game, everybody. Granted, we've had a lot of them this year. But just know, I'm sorry in advance if this one's not going to be good. Uh, Browns at Bills. next one up. We might be in for a mega snowstorm for this one. So this one might be played on Sunday. It might not be. It might not be played in Buffalo with the way the forecast is lining up.
1: So... We're still in the dark on some
0: things happening with this one. I will take Buffalo in this one. I think they bounce back in this one. Again, the weather is going to be something to watch. Um, But I will take Buffalo here. I think they bounce back against the Browns. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I think they found a way to get a win. Listen, a win's a win. And so I think you'll take it by any means necessary. So. There's that one. Eagles at Colts here. Can just Saturday find it find a way to make it two weeks in a row? To get a get a second straight win here. I mean it's very possible, but I think also the Eagles, they're gonna be looking at what they did wrong in that Washington game, and they are going to go and bounce back in this one and go to Indy and win. So I'll take the Eagles here to bounce back and get back in the win column and beat the Colts. Jets at Patriots. AFC East matchup, Patriots have won what seems like every one of them for the last few seasons. And so the Jets are looking to get off the snide here and get in the win column against the Patriots. going to be a tough one. I'm curious what this line is. I'm sure it's probably going to be favor of New England. But uh, let's take a look at where it is. Yeah, New England, three points, probably because of the home field advantage. You know what? I think I'm going to take the Jets here. I think I'm going to take the Jets to end their losing streak to the Patriots and uh, go to Foxborough and get a win. That could be a big time confidence booster if they can go and end that streak and go to Foxborough and win against the Patriots. So give me the Jets here. Why not? Rams at Saints. I mean, I mean, for this one, I feel more comfortable about taking the Saints. The Rams just have got a whole lot of injury issues going on with them. Kopp is going to be out a few weeks. You got Stafford not knowing how healthy he is after not playing last week. So I'll take the Saints this that could be a not so fun one either, so I'll take the Saints Raiders at Broncos, man, if both these teams could win this game that I'm pretty sure they would say sure we'll we'll take it uh because both these teams could use some wins here, but the way their season has gone, and I'm really curious about what this line is gonna be like. Right now, it's in favor of the Broncos,
1: which two of their wins have come at home. But that does say something. Our Raiders have not won a
0: home game this year at all. You know, I think I think I am going to take the Broncos here. I don't. This is another game I don't feel great about. So, in, in my pick'em league, in my this game and the Rams Saints game might be low confidence right there. Cowboys and Vikings. Now this one, could, this is a really good one. So I'm glad we got this one to, to you know, help us out here after these last couple games. Uh, this one is going to be a fun one at Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota looking to build off of the win against Buffalo last week. I do wonder, you know, with. Kirk and all of them, are you primed for a letdown the next week? Uh, right now, Dallas is a small-time favorite at Minnesota. And
1: for Dallas, you're looking at them and, like, can they recover and bounce back after losing at Green Bay? So, you
0: know, it's all a matter of do you, how much trust you have in either one of these teams. Because you know at some point, Kirk Cousins is going to kind of screw them over and screw everybody over with these picks. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to – can you really play it safe in this one? I'll just take the Vikings here. I like what I've seen out of them. They're 8-1 for a reason. And I think that Bills win is a big confidence booster for them and where they want to go. Chiefs at Chargers, another AFC West matchup here. Remember how fun we thought these matchups were going to be? Now they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. So Kent City going to the Chargers. Or Kent City playing the Chargers this week. And this one is going to be a fun one, I think, for the Chargers and see if they can get healthy. Um. So, you know, Chargers could play the Chiefs close, but I think the Chiefs right now, they're hitting on all cylinders. And so I will take Chiefs to win this one. And so let's see. I think I had another game. I think I had Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think I got on the schedule here. I think I got the Chiefs-Chargers and Bengals-Steelers game mixed up, so. Sunday night game, I'll pick the Chiefs. Uh, Bengals at Steelers for this one. This one's one of the later games. Uh, I'll go Bengals here. I, I still don't fully trust picking the Steelers here at this point. So give me Cincinnati. And then our Monday night game, 49ers at Cardinals. You know, 49ers, I think they see an opportunity before them. They see where the things in this division are going. So I think they're going to take advantage of this, and they're going to go on the road on Monday night and think they're going to win this one at Arizona. Don't know how fully healthy Kyler is as well, so that's another factor. But I'll take San Francisco here and win and really help themselves out in getting ahead in this division. So that is week number 11 in the NFL, everybody. And that is where this podcast is going to end. Thank you all for tuning in this week. as always. It really means a lot that you take some time to tune in and listen to me jabber on about what's going on in the world of sports. So thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't yet, check us out on all the podcasting platforms, whichever your preference is. Give us a follow there. Keep up with the pods there. And keep up with the entertainment as well on there. Uh, Again, Wakanda Forever Pod coming tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that one. And you can be on the lookout for that one on our Twitter feed as well at 573 Pods. So although all that being said, everybody, hopefully you all have a good rest of your day. Hopefully you all all have a good weekend. I'll talk to you all next time.